His mercies endures forever. So let us celebrate the Lord. Put your hands together. Let's give him all the praise. Let's give him all the glory and adoration. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you believe it? Today is the 26th and God's goodness is so strong and is so powerful and is so glorious over us. He has sustained us all throughout from the 1st of March, specifically. He's been doing it from the beginning of the year. But then the 1st of March has been set aside, especially as a time that we want to commune with the Lord in a time of prayer and fasting. And it's been wonderful that every day, especially during the weekdays, we've been meeting and we've been, I mean, pouring the intents of our hearts before the Lord. And God has been so good, good to us. Isn't it amazing? Well, uh, before I go on, uh, I want to say once again, I said that some of you were not I mean, around, but and I want to say it again. Today is ladies' birthday, and we want to appreciate her life, that she's been leading worship ever since that she took over the reins, and she's been doing marvelously well. So I want us all to wish lady a happy, 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 happy birthday. Glory to God. Amen. That's fantastic. God bless you. And also, I want you to know that, I mean, I was going to leave to her, but I mean, she's getting a very special birthday present. And her birthday present, do you know her birthday present? Her birthday present is that she's got a new contract that she's starting. Glory to God. <laughs> with a new company, with a new solicitor's company, I mean, which in essence, and it is called the T's Law. And it's so amazing that God's goodness is being upon lady and God has given her a special birthday present. She's starting on Monday. Isn't it so amazing? That's tomorrow. So that's her birthday present. What a God we said. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, we, we, we serve an awesome God. Anytime that we, we continue to dedicate our lives, I mean, to him, God, I mean, gives us the desires of our heart. It doesn't matter what the enemy will try to throw our way. You'll see that God's favor will always continue to come our way and God will sustain us. God will keep us. God will preserve us. And God will watch over us. And God will cause the awesomeness of his goodness to manifest in our lives as we continue to pursue him. So let's take, I mean, uh, encouragement from this, that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They walk and not faint. They run and never grow weary. And this is the heritage of those who trust and love God. Today, I want us to continue with our study on unyielded will. So I'm going to do unyielded will too. I started last week and we, we finished on the fact that there are various words that expresses self-willed nature. To be self-willed means that you are stubborn. 
And people who are stubborn end up in the wrong side of life. To be stubborn too means that you are arrogant. And to be arrogant also means that you are self-serving. That everything you do, you want to do it, I mean, just for yourself. And people who do things and live in this way always end up in serious predicament and serious distress in life. Why? Because they don't want to take cue from our Lord and our Savior. The cue that we read about was that when Jesus got to Gethsemane, his will was in conflict with the will of the Father. But then he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Another word that we use for self-willed people is obstinate. Obstinate. I want to continue this study today. And today, I want us to start by going to 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 17. I'm reading from verse 13 through 15. As we are studying, we we will continue till we come to a point where we will learn how to walk in the will of God. So we are doing the unyielded will, that is the negative aspects, and then we will move into the positives. And the positives will be when we get to know the will of God and then we yield our will to the will of God and what it can bring into our lives. You know that everything these days that uh, we, we study, we want to make it systematic so that you can have a full understanding of what the Bible teaches about this or that particular topic that we will pick. So we want to go to Second Kings chapter 17, verse 13 through 15. Let's hear the word of God. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all of his prophets, every seer saying, Turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers and which I sent to you by my servants, the prophets. Nevertheless, they would not hear, but stiffened their necks like the necks of their fathers, who did not believe in the Lord their God. And 15, And they rejected his statutes and his covenant, that he had made with their fathers and his testimonies, which he had testified against them. They followed idols, became idolaters, and went after the nations who were all around them, concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. This is very disheartening. I mean, scripture, I mean, to read and also to hear. This is the time that, I mean, obviously Israel had been divided into two. And when the division was there, I mean, it was uh, Israel and Judah. Uh, Judah was only two 
I mean, of the tribes. And then Israel was 10. We all know that the entire tribes of Israel were 12. But then because they would not follow the word of God and do what God, I mean, you remember, it started with Rehoboam. Rehoboam was, I mean, the son of Solomon. When he became king, instead of listening to the voice of God, he listened to the voice of ordinary people. And because he listened to the voice of ordinary people, he missed the will of God. And because he missed the will of God, the kingdom was divided. And when the kingdom was divided, I mean, uh, Israel had 10 tribes and then Judah had only two. And still they are continuing in doing things that are not pleasing to God. So here, the word is coming to us that God has sent his prophets in diverse ways to warn them about his will. But the Bible says that they copied the people around them. They wanted to be like, like our time. Then you want to be like the worldly people. That's why at times when I teach, I warn you that, I mean, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. If it comes to some things and you want to behave like an unbeliever, you have missed the will of God. We are supposed to be a peculiar people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. We are the people that are supposed to set the standards for the world so that the world will learn after the word of God that is showing in our lives. But if we also want to live like the worldly people, then it means that we have put the will of God aside. This is what was happening. The Bible makes it clear that they had totally forgotten the covenants of God. They had forgotten the commandments of God, the statutes of God, the laws of God, meaning they had become unto themselves a law. And anytime that we don't yield our will and we become a law unto ourselves, then it means that everything in your life will go against you. And that is how life is. Everything will go, demons will go against you, witches will go against you, the devil will go against you, the law will go against you, your family people will go against you because there will not be peace around you. Your workplace people will go against you. Wherever you go, there will be confusion. And you will never understand why? Because if, if you see, if you don't know God, it's different. If you don't know God, you are in the camp of the devil. So you can do whatever you want to do. But then if you taste of God, and then you come to know the truth of God, and the Holy Spirit lives in you, you cannot live unto yourself. If you are here, say amen. Amen. I'm not hearing you. If you are here, say amen. 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 <laughs> Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I think some of you have turned off your microphone so I can't hear you. Anyway, it's okay. So, if you look unto yourself and you forget the word of God, that is what we mean by unyielded will or 
a stubborn person or an arrogant person or a self-serving person or an obstinate person. This was manifesting or showing in the lives of the Israelites. And they forgot about all the miracles and the things that God has done. It's just like we forgetting every good thing that God has done in our lives and just doing our own thing. Whatever we think, whatever we feel, that is what we say. That is what we do. That is where we go. We don't do anything in line with the word of God. When it happens like that, we are holding back from God. Let's read the second scripture. The second scripture is found in Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 16 and 17. Note it again. Nehemiah, you remember, I mean, Nehemiah. Nehemiah, I mean, headed the people who, I mean, the second people who went back to Israel. And then they were to build a temple for God and also to build the walls and everything. And then when, I mean, he was, I mean, leading them, I mean, to build and to, the, the state of, I mean, God's people were in disrespair. It was totally, it was almost like everything had fallen apart. I mean, all the lands has been bent, all the walls. I mean, and these, these are pictures of the things that God's people can go through as we walk with God. It is not only when things are green and fresh. There are times that God himself intentionally will let us go through the valley of the shadow of death. Why it will seem like everything has fallen apart. Why it will seem like things are not working. Everything you touch may seem like it is not. But then God will be watching and see how you will continue. It is the same as when, I mean, they, they were spitting upon Jesus. And when they were, I mean, they rejected him. When he was put in uh, one court after another being tried. And when the soldiers were beating him. This is similar. And the picture is, if you are in this state, will you abandon the will of God and say, God, I can't do it. It's enough. It's, it's No, I give up. I throw in the towel. No, I'm not going to do it. But then the Bible says that that is when they came to take him from Gethsemane, the place of crashing, if you remember last week. These were the things that he was going to face. That is why he said that his soul was so much in great distress. Why? Because what he was going to face in Jerusalem. But it was the perfect will of God for him to go through that. It was not that it was just demonic. No, it was not demonic. It was not witches. It was, so you couldn't bind it. You couldn't cast it away. It was God's perfect will. That Jesus will be beaten, will be spat upon, will be... Have been uh, denied by his own people. All these things were in addition and fulfillment of the will of God. So let's read uh, this this portion as uh, we continue to, I mean, hear the voice of God this morning. Nehemiah chapter nine, verse sixteen and seventeen. It reads. But they and our fathers acted proudly. Notice, they did what? They acted proudly. Say proudly. Proudly. Say they acted proudly. They acted proudly. 
They acted proudly. This is very deep. Hardened their necks and did not heed your commandments. Verse 17. They refused to obey and they were not mindful of your wonders that you did among them. But they hardened their necks and in their rebellion, they appointed a leader to return to their bondage. They wanted to go back to bondage. Anytime that you reject the will of God as a child of God, you go back to bondage. You go back to enslavement from the devil. From, I mean, uh, activities, demonic activities around you. From, I mean, worldly things. From fleshly things. So they went back in their rebellion. They appointed a leader to return to their bondage. But you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and did not forsake them. You see, when they did that, in their stiff nakedness, they were so stiff-necked, and in their rebellion, they chose that. Now, let's go back to Egypt. Even Egypt is more better. Let's go back to the world. Let's do things anyhow. We don't want a direction from God's word anymore, from the prophets anymore. We want to do whatever we want to do. And as they, they did that, then it's, it's brought vis-a-vis -vis the nature of God. In spite of that, God is showing love. In, in spite of that, God is showing love and kindness. Irrespective of that, God is showing that, no, I care for you. I'm not going to hold it against you. I'm going to do everything to get you back and make sure that you walk in the center of my will. These scriptures should actually, it reflects, it shows, though it's, these are in the Old Testament, but it, 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 it's, it shows, I mean, the kind of life some Christians are living these days in the New Testament. And that is why when you don't yield your will, you stand in a very precarious place in life vis-a-vis -vis God's purpose for your life and also vis-a-vis -vis the peace of God in your life and vis-a-vis -vis the blessings of God for you. That is why I am bringing it out that it, it has been a characteristic that at times, if you are not careful, especially when it appears that what we want God to do for us, it seems that we are not getting it the way, the time and the way we want it. When you don't get it the time and the way you want it, if you are not careful, that is what will happen in your life. Amen. Amen. You begin you begin to move away from the will of God, thinking that there is a way that you can make it in a very short way without going the way of God. When it comes to life and when it comes to success, there are no shortcuts. Somebody say amen. amen. Can, can, I, can I, I want to hear, I, I want to interact with you. So everybody, I want you to put your, Microphone on. Put your microphone on. 
I know that at times there comes in some feedback, but let's put our microphones on. Not your video, your microphone. Hello? Hi. Yeah. Hi. I, yes. Lisbeth, put your microphone on. You put it off. <laughs> Rather. The one that looks like microphone. Lisbeth, click on it. Amen. Amen. I think she can't hear. All right. Patience, put your microphone on. Your microphone was on. I could hear your voice, but I don't know. It's gone now. Anyway, let's continue so that we don't, I mean, uh, waste too much time. So, you see, this is, this is a place that God doesn't want us to get to. What God wants us to do is to make sure that our lives are yielded to his will and that we will go his way and do his biddings in everything he expects from us. I want you to know that any time that you don't yield your will to God, you cannot be trusted. God cannot trust you. So I want you to know this. A self-willed person cannot be trusted by God. Not only that, a self-willed person cannot be used by God because if you, are, if you cannot be trusted, you cannot be used by God. And if you cannot be used by God, you cannot be promoted. And you can, if you cannot be promoted, you are stuck with yourself in life. And, the most, and this, this, this thing cuts across every sphere of life, whether it's corporate or whatever, wherever you find yourself. If you are able to be, when you become trusted, you'll be used more within the corporate environment. And when you are used more, you'll be promoted. And when you are promoted, you will have a lot of influence and impact because you'll be, you, you'll be interacting and engaging with a lot of people. But then when you are not trusted and you cannot be used, you become useless. And if you are useless, then you, you have to be gotten rid of. And that is very dangerous in life. That you get to a point where you are not making headway because you are self-willed. And today, as I add this to it, I want you to be very careful from what we have read. When we become self-willed and arrogant, it is expressed in the following ways. It shows in the following ways. So as we are here, we want to ask ourselves that, uh, does these things show in my life? The first thing is that you refuse to receive correction. That is the first way that arrogant people express themselves or self-willed people express themselves. They refuse to receive correction. And let me tell you, in this life, everybody, if you want to grow, if you want to improve, if you want to expand, if you want to enlarge, 
If you want to move on to the next level in your life, whether it's Christianity, whether it's friendship, whether it's marriage, whatever it is, whether it's business, whether it's schooling, whatever it is, whether in your job, your workplace, corporate environment, you got to be ready to receive correction. People who are not ready to receive correction cannot improve their lives. Correction doesn't, don't frown on correction. When you are corrected, it means that you can do it better in another way. You can go a step further better than what you used or the step or the approach that you adopted. Also too, self-serving people are not ready to submit to legitimate authority. They are not ready to submit to legitimate authority. Note this, right from, your, from our infancy, you have your parental authority. When you go to school, you have, I mean, uh, the school authority. When you go to work, you have your managers. When you go to hospital, you have, I mean, the, uh, the medical practitioners, right from the nurses to the doctors. To, these are legal authorities in our lives. If you're on the road, you have the highway code as a legal authority over you, DVLA. If you choose not to submit to these legal authorities in your life, the ultimate legal authority is God. All these subsets or sub-organizations that I've mentioned are all accountable to God ultimately. That is why the Bible says that even government are ministers of God who do what they do. That is why I tell you that in any country you find yourself, you have to abide by the laws of the land. Why? Because submitting to the government authorities that has been passed, the laws that has been passed, is submitting to God. And if you submit to God, it means that you are not self-serving. Please, if you want to go forward, be ready to submit to legitimate authorities. You will meet a lot of authorities in your way. And you know that from where you are standing to the next higher level that you can get in your life is determined by the legal authorities that you or legitimate authorities that you submit to. Because God will always put you at the next level through somebody who is ahead of you. And the same thing in church. You have your ministers. And your ministers also bring God's word to you so that you can be guided to yield your will and to move on to the next stage of your walk with God, the favor of God, and the blessings of God. It's unfortunate that these days people find it difficult to submit to legitimate authorities. Why? Because people are self-serving and arrogant. Also, self-serving nature is expressed three in the form of refusal to receive instructions. 
not only submitting, but refusing instructions. Because when you are in an environment, or when you are in a structured place, by all means, there will be some instructions. When we read the Bible, the Bible always gives us the instructions of God to guide us into the best part of our lives. In every area of your life, if you refuse to receive God's kind of instructions, you will see that your life will not receive the full blessing of God. That is why we need to learn to receive instructions. And please, let it be across every area of your life. Once the instruction is good, once the instruction is, I mean, is, is legal, once the instruction is godly, once the instruction is for the well-being of humanity, then you've got to be ready to give yourself to. Also for self-serving people, refuse to sacrifice for the well-being of others. They refuse to what? Sacrifice for the well-being of others. Somebody say amen. Amen. They refuse to sacrifice for the well-being of others. There are people in the whole world that they are, they don't want to do anything for anybody. They don't want to sacrifice that they will uh, inconvenience themselves for the well-being of other people. This is how the world has been sustained and has been brought to us. If people have not, listen to me carefully, so amazing, have not sacrificed, you wouldn't have been here. Neither would I have been here. Through the word of God, people sacrifice for me. In your family, people sacrifice. At times, you don't know what people have gone through to bring you to where you are. You think things just happen. No. People have gone through serious pain. Serious predicament. The same thing in the country. The same thing in our church. That is why when we come together, at times some people, they want to do things only when it's comfortable. No, you don't understand Christianity. You don't understand. It has to cost you. Every sacrifice costs. Any sacrifice, the Bible says, uh, David said it, he said, I will not give any sacrifice to God that will not cost me. Because if it doesn't cost you, it's not a sacrifice. It will cost your time, it will cost your energy, it will cost your money, it will cost your commitment, it will cost your resources, it will cost your leisure time. The leisure time that you can use to sit on for. Now you are here on listening to the word of God. This is a befitting sacrifice. So that you will know God better. And you will grow in God appropriately. So that you can serve your community. So that you can serve your country. So that you can serve your family. This is all that life is about. Life is about sacrificing for the well-being of one another. But self-serving people, rebellious people, and stubborn people will refuse to sacrifice for the well-being of others. It's always like, oh, what am I going to get out of it? Am I getting something from it? Is it coming into my pocket? Is it good? 
That is, oh, it's, it's, it's going to be too long. It's, it's going to affect my time. No, no, you don't understand Christianity. And the scriptures that we read, this is the state that Israel and Judah were in as God's people. So God had to pity them because they had not understood him. They had not understood his word. They were not seeking to know him accordingly. Because as a covenant person, God wants to use you through your sacrifice to let others know that God is good, that God is merciful, that God is kind. But then unless you are ready to sacrifice for others, don't forget this, that this world is full of series of sacrifices. That is why the world is as it is. Everything, the hospitals that we see, some people sacrifice to build it. The schools that we see, some people sacrifice to build it. The buildings that we are living in, some people sacrifice to build it. So if it becomes just me, 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 everything as you get it, everything as you eat it, everything as you pocket it, everything, you don't understand Christianity. Oh, you are being a baby. You are being a child without being responsible. And if they give birth to you, like I was saying, if they give birth to you and like we said, ladies, uh, today, ladies 29. Can I believe it? Look at that. <laughs> you see, if like since I gave birth to lady and she's still the same, still the same, hey, baby, you are crawling. You are not walking. You are not running. Ah, all your friends are in primary school. They are in reception. And then they move on. And then they go to secondary school. You are still crawling. No way. No, I'll be praying and I'll be, I'll be, and I'll, but then if I'm not careful, I'll get angry with baby. Baby, get up. Baby, get up. Isn't it? And that is how God is. God wants us to walk. God wants us to sacrifice for other people. And this is the dignity of life. I want to say it again. This is the dignity of life. Never undignify yourself by thinking that ah, everything should be me. You take it. You want it. Yeah. No, that is an undignified lifestyle. Somebody say amen. Amen. We got to be dignified to make sure that we are ready to sacrifice. At times that people will sacrifice for, they will not come back to do anything for us. But yes, God has seen it. And even when you are sacrificing, you are doing, you are sacrificing because the word of God says so. And because you don't want to be what? Self-serving. And you don't want to be arrogant. And you don't want to be stubborn against the word of God. So you want to sacrifice for the well-being of others. Please, every place you go, look for somebody that you can extend a hand of help. Look for somebody that you can be of an assistance to. Look for somebody that you can show the love of God, the peace of God, the joy of God to that person. And this is what God is expecting. But unfortunately, people have become what? Self-serving and they don't want to sacrifice for one another. And in fact, as you go through, notice carefully, it's a progression. You see, 
They refuse to receive correction. They refuse to submit to legitimate authority. They refuse to receive instructions. They refuse to sacrifice for the well-being of others. And do you know what? Finally, they refuse to listen to God. Even if God should come openly and stand burning with fire and everything with angels surrounding him, these individuals will not listen because they have moved to the end of the spectrum of being stiff-necked. They have moved to the end of the spectrum of being rebellious. They have moved to the end of the spectrum of unyielding their will to God. They have moved to the spectrum of self-serving nature or characteristics. And when you get to this point, listening to God will become difficult. Anytime we talk about listening to God, we're talking about listening to the word of God. What, all the scriptures that we read, it was not God coming directly. God has given us the scriptures. God has got his ministers. God has got his prophets. God has got people around us that he will use who are seasoned in the word to guide us and to help us to hear the voice of God. At times he may come in a dream or in a vision or he may come in a prophecy, which he doesn't do often. But in the often ways is through the teaching of the Bible, through going to church, and through engaging with believers. And all these are meant so that we can exemplify the life of Christ in our lives. That we can say that, Lord, yes, left to me alone, I would have desired to do it this way. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. We don't want to be. A generation of stiff-necked people. We don't want to be a generation of hard-hearted people. We don't want to be a generation that is arrogant, self-serving, overlooking the promptings of God, living only unto ourselves, rejecting the guidance of God, rejecting the promptings of the Holy Spirit, and building unto ourselves our own desires and our own Plans that are contrary to the will of God. If you become like that, as I said, you are stuck with yourself. And if you are stuck with yourself, the odds will go against you. And if the odds will go against you, the goodness of God will go over your head. But may it happen today as the word of God comes to you, that you will learn to yield your will so that you will not reject correction, so that you will not resist submitting to legitimate authorities in your life so that you will open your ears to receive instruction and guidance from God because the distance between where you are and the next level of elevation and promotion is the instruction that you are ready to receive. If you receive instruction, look through the Bible. Everybody who received a miracle, God gave that person an instruction. And if they follow, they see a miracle. God God's word 
plus your response equals a miracle. God is about to unfold his will. And I'm talking about general will of God and the specific will of God. The general one is for all Christians. And we all have to yield to the will of God and go the way of God. Allow the word of God to have the right place in our lives so that God's glory can manifest in our lives. And also the specific one. Listen, the specific one is what will cause you to eat the good of the land. Before you came here, God has a specific will for you. And as we are studying, we'll come there. I'll highlight on it so that you can understand the difference as God speaks. But then you got to be ready to reject stubbornness. You got to be ready to reject self-serving nature so that God's voice can be meaningful in your life so that you can live and live to give your life as a sacrifice to help others so that God's goodness can manifest in your life. I believe that as we do this, his glory, his goodness will manifest in our lives and God's peace and kindness will be strong in every area of our lives. God bless you.